Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Admittedly, I did reach out to a couple members of Congress. I, I I know you're, I know you're on the on on the floor right now because nobody has been selected to be speaker. Jim Jordan got less votes than he did yesterday. Someone voted for John Boehner. Seriously, I I cannot think of the bourbon that would best fit this moment. I I well, I don't know what's supposed to work here. Would you go for a classic, a little Woodford Reserve Double Oaked? Always works for every occasion. A must-have in your liquor cabinet. I don't know if I could recommend it for this. Maybe I need something like a Jack Daniel single barrel barrel proof. We're talking about 130 proof to punch you right in the face. Except the barrel proof from Jack Daniels, that single barrel, it's too good. It's too good. And this is a mess. This is just nutty. I cannot think of a bourbon screwed up enough to do this to you. I think... I think we're going to have to go with a tequila. No, no. Uh, I, I drink reposados. Uh, I, those are sipping tequilas. Yeah, those are still too smooth. Man, we're going to have to. We're going to have to crack open some Bud Light, aren't we? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Hold on, this just in. No, Tony, we do not have to crack open Bud Light. Sorry. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. I, I will. It, it's true. I did reach out to Representative Victoria Sparts on Twitter X and ask her to nominate my mother, Diane. I did. I did do that. One, 100% that happened. Why not? I mean, if, if we're not going to elect anybody, at least my mom should get a vote. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen here. No idea. Is this is this something where Jordan goes on the third vote and gets the votes? Is this all a push to get Patrick McHenry, who's the current uh, Speaker Pro Tem, to be Speaker? I'm not anti Patrick McHenry. I just he's not a he's not a a front of house guy. Not many people know his name from North Carolina. I wonder what he would be like. If he's somebody who can, you know, just uh, push the buttons. If he's somebody who could just make things move along and handle the basics, I'll, I'll take it. As long as the impeachment inquiry stays on track, as long as we work the appropriations bills, I'm good. I'm fine. McCarthy believes that McHenry should already have the authority to govern. And there seems to be an effort to move McHenry aggressively now that Jordan has stalled out. Dave Joyce is a congressman from Pennsylvania, chairman of the Republican Governance Group, and he will nominate McHenry. He's going to put him in there. So now what happens? I don't know. I don't know. What I know is that this New York University law student, this bigot, her name um, is, oh, I forget her name right now. Rhina Workman. 
Who's Rhino Workman? Rhino Workman is one of the students who uh, uh, wrote a letter basically supporting Hamas, defending Hamas, and uh, shame on Israel for their response to the murder of 1,400 of their citizens. Her statement so disgusting that the law firm that was going to hire her, Chicago-based Winston and Strawn, and Strawn, S-T-R-A-W-N, Winston and Strawn, withdrew their offer. She said Israel bears full responsibility for the terrorist attacks. And now what is Rhino Workman saying? Rhino Workman is saying that rescinding the offer constitutes violence. And the firm's decision is just one instance of, quote, systemic concentrated violence that she has experienced since issuing her anti-Israel pronouncement. Allow me. Screw you. Nobody owes you a job. You don't deserve a job. You don't just get a job. You have to earn it. And if you're out there supporting terrorist organizations, nobody owes you a job. And if you think that's violence, but 1,300 murdered Jews and Israelis and others isn't violence, this is just an example of how pathetic you are, how worthless your degree from NYU is, and how nobody should hire an NYU lawyer. These people are morons. Now that is seen as a very offensive thing to say because, Tony, they're students. They learn. They get smarter. Why are we attacking them now? Saying that they shouldn't they shouldn't have this job and they should be blackballed here. Shouldn't we give them the space to learn and recognize their mistakes? That's the concept of grace. And the concept of grace is one that's extremely important. This also gets into the conversation about cancel culture. And there was a big debate between Megyn Kelly and Candace Owens about this and a host of others, and I've been asked about it. There is something missing in the conversation. And that is, this isn't cancel culture. Not at all. We have been told that you are responsible for your words, that your actions and your words have consequences and you have to deal with them. Every time the political right has talked about cancel culture, what we've been told is, no, this is just the market giving consequence to your actions. Now, all of a sudden, we need grace. Now, all of a sudden, it's an act of violence. First, it's not an act of violence. That's just what bigots scream. She's been taught her whole life, anything that doesn't go your way, it's bigotry, it's hate, it's the trauma that you're enduring, it's a violent act. And she just encountered the real world and she's using a tactic learned in the progressive world. The real world said, we're not going to hire somebody who supports terrorists. And therefore her activist mind, her progressive mind said, well, you can't do that to me. That's violence. Shut up. I wouldn't hire you on my best day. You're not a lawyer. You're a freak. If the act of not hiring you is violence, you're arguing that you have to be hired. And if you have to be hired, you have to be paid what you want to be paid. Otherwise, that is also an act of violence. My goodness, if you're not put in charge of the entire law firm, wouldn't that be an act of violence? You see how ridiculous the argument is? The argument is pathetic and embarrassing and disgusting and despicable and purposefully and willfully part of the Marxist creed. It's not violent. Of course it's not. The problem is she isn't told to shut her mouth. 
She's been told that she is somehow important and valuable. No, you're not. You're there to do the grunt work until you can prove yourself a litigator of some kind and then maybe work your way up. They don't owe you a job. And this is where it's not cancel culture. Cancel culture would dictate that she can't be a lawyer. Cancel culture would dictate that she shouldn't be allowed to sit for the bar exam. Cancel culture would dictate that she shouldn't be allowed to practice. And you know people on the political left who have said so-and-so shouldn't be allowed to do this and -and so-and-so shouldn't be allowed to do that. Let's go to John Eastman. The lawyer and the professor there in California who was giving advice to Donald Trump uh, regarding the 2020 election and came up with a very dubious strategy regarding how to stay in in office. It was a dubious strategy. John Eastman's job was to take a look at the law, take a look at what was possible, and come up with ideas. This is what he was hired to do, and that's exactly what he did. There are people right now who believe that John Eastman should not be allowed to practice law. That is, of course, insane. Of course, John Eastman should be allowed to practice law. Do I think John Eastman's assessment was correct? No. John Eastman has a long history of being a professor, being a teacher, being respected. I don't know why he went down this road, but he was hired by a client to do a specific job. He did it within the parameters of the law. That's the end of the ball game, as I see it. But you listen to the left. He should not be allowed to practice. Nobody has said that Rhino Workman shouldn't be allowed to practice. The firm said we're not going to hire her. That's not cancel culture. That is not cancel culture. That is having to deal with your own words. You said them, you bigot. You said them, Jew hater. That's my take. And you have to deal with that. You have to accept the consequences of your actions. And if you stand by what you said, it wouldn't matter if this law firm hired you. Would not matter. It is remarkable as we see People saying, sorry, Harvard University, we're pulling our funding. Sorry, University of Pennsylvania, we're pulling our funding. I want funding pulled from the University of Indianapolis, right here uh, where I live, where the president there gave this, it's not not even a statement, this mealy-mouthed, pandering nonsense. You can't tell the students at the University of Indianapolis that Hamas is a terrorist organization? I know that the president of the University uh, of Indiana University, uh, Pam Witten, had to put out a second statement. Maybe that's enough for people. I found the first statement pretty ugly because it did not engage a level of strength and it did not say Hamas is a terrorist organization. Her second statement, rather strong. I don't know if that appeases or doesn't. But when I see the funding pulled from universities, when I see the funding uh, pulled from universities, I love it. I think it's it's great because it's having to take responsibility 
It's having to take responsibility for one's actions. And they should. Let it be known that the people who would not call Hamas a terrorist organization are not worth your donor dollars. Stop giving to them. Give to me instead. You'll get more bang for the buck. You don't want to give to me? Pick your charity. You'll get more bang for the buck. Just walk onto the street and start handing out 20s. Walk into Arby's and buy everybody a Jamocha shake. By the way, the Jamocha shake is so good. So good. So good. Walk into your local car dealer and buy five people a vehicle right now. It'll do more good than whatever it is you're going to donate to whatever university. Especially a university that not only either sided with Hamas or was silent about Hamas, wasn't willing to tell their students, this is a terrorist organization. We don't support that crap here. I mean, that's important to do. And when schools don't do that, you suffer. What they're amazed by is that they're suffering. Just like this student, amazed that, uh, that, that, that they're suffering. Amazed that there was a response. Cornell University has a professor who referred to the, uh, the terrorism and murders by Hamas as exhilarating. You have a George Washington University professor that described Hamas as martyrs. I mean, it's remarkable. I was sharing with you, this is a uh, professor from uh, University of California, Berkeley, Cal Berkeley, and uh, a law professor. This is the headline, don't hire my anti-Semitic law students. I teach corporate law at the University of California, Berkeley, and I'm an advisor to the Jewish Law Students Association. My students are largely engaged and well-prepared, and I regularly recommend them to legal employers. But if you don't want to hire people who advocate hate and practice discrimination, don't hire some of my students. Anti-Semitic conduct is nothing new on university campuses, including here at Berkeley. When I see Jewish students in tears begging for the, 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 the dean and, and, and professors to do something, we, the, the, they're having these anti-Israel uh, things on campus, and why aren't you standing up and, and against Hamas? You didn't, you didn't know that they hated you? you? You didn't know that liberals hated you? That they were willing to use you to get to their liberal agenda, but the minute they had to, you're Jewish, they're going to turn on you. They hate you. How many more ways do you need to see it? How much more anti-Semitic, uh, uh, anti-Israel rhetoric do you need to see on campus before you realize they're talking about you? That leftism is Marxism, and Marxism hates Jews, hates Israel, hates the West, and wants to burn it all down so they can usher in the communism. You don't know this? Your parents didn't teach you? See, it's here where I I feel a need for grace. It's here that I feel a need to really teach these kids. And I'm going to steal, this wasn't my idea, I'm, I'm going to steal it. Somebody said you should take a, a university like the yeshiva. And if you want me to use names, I'll use names. Like a, a traditional Jewish college like y- yeshiva university. 
start offering full scholarships to these students at Cal Berkeley and other places. Why do you come where we actually like Jews? That's what University of Florida should be doing. Ben Sass with an incredible statement. Start offering up full scholarships to these people. Stop giving your money to Berkeley. Stop giving your money to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Stop giving your money to Columbia. Who actually sends their kid to Columbia? You hate your kid if you send your kid to Columbia. Stop sending your kids to Harvard. Stop. Start sending them to schools that actually think that Hamas is a terrorist organization. That's the litmus test. You are not owed a job. You don't deserve a job. It is not violence. You're a silly child. And I wouldn't hire you as a lawyer, Rhino Workman, if my life depended on it. This is my take. It doesn't mean you shouldn't go out there and be a lawyer. I can't stop you from taking the bar exam. And I don't think anybody should. I think that's weird. But my God. The left learning that there's actually a consequence to their actions. That feels good. This is Tony Katz today. The pro-Hamas protesters. And it is. It's not pro-Palestine. It's pro-Hamas. Interrupting the Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing. You know, they're... They're on a bash it in their support for Jew killing. I don't know what she's screaming about. Probably, you know, just hoping for more dead Jews and thinking it's funny. I mean, that's that's where they're at. That's what they're. That's what they're engaged in. They're not ta- when they're talking about genocide. This is about the genocide of Jews. That's what we're talking about here. The people of Gaza have a chance to live a life if Hamas is gone, and everybody knows it. But that would mean you'd have to actually think Israel has the right to exist, and these bigots can't do that. I am bothered by the extent to which this is so much part of the conversation right now. But there is not much that can be done about this. Truly, in so many ways, this comes at you that it must be discussed. It must be shared. And you have to understand exactly how insane the enemy of free and thinking people are. And these people are the enemy. Have you heard the BBC talking about this hospital strike? where they blamed it immediately on Israel. The Israeli military has been contacted uh, for comment, and they have said that they are investigating. But, uh, you know, it is hard to see what else this could be, really, given the size of the explosion, other than an Israeli airstrike or several airstrikes. Uh, Because, you know, when we've seen rockets being fired out of Gaza, uh, we never see... Uh, explosions of that scale we might see uh, you see it had to be Israel but they didn't even wait BBC didn't even wait to find out we now know that of course the rocket was fired from Gaza and exploded and hit this uh, this hospital they didn't even wait just blame Israel all you can what's going on with the speaker vote representative Sparks is with us next 
to for the for the institution for your conference? Well, I mean, look, the, the one thing that concerned me from the beginning, from the beginning, you know, after uh, Kevin McCarthy was vacated, was knowing that there are some real uh, uh, fractures in our conference. Um, I still stand behind that. You know, you got to make sure you have two seventeen before you leave the plane. I would have made a different decision. But again, it's up to Jim. And he made his decision. So that's uh, Congressman Byron Donalds speaking on the steps of Congress, saying that this is a divided, divided conference, and you can't leave the room until you have 217. This has become a big part of the conversation. You have Republicans going to the floor who are not together because there's clearly not a conversation happening amongst the caucus, if you will, amongst the Republicans about what it is they're looking for and who should get the vote for speaker because Jim Jordan just failed in his second vote and he got less votes today than he did yesterday. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Congresswoman Victoria Sparks joins us right now from the Indiana 5th District. She just voted on the floor, voted for Jim Jordan after taking a pass the first time was na- her name was mentioned, waited for the second time around. And, and Congresswoman, you stated very clearly you're not happy with Jim Jordan. You stated a threat so much to the point, uh, or so much so, it makes the point that if they're going to try and utilize McCarthy-like tactics to browbeat and, and kind of threaten the Republican members, you might run for Congress again just to make them primary you. What's going on on the floor as you see it? And thank you so much for having me, Tony. The challenge we have, and, you know, I've heard that you were talking what Byron said, the challenge we have, speaker is elected by members for a reason. And we generally, for over 100 years, never drag people to the floor to try to put the pressure, public pressure on them, you know, to vote for some, someone. And McCarthy did that. I was I so was objected that, that I changed my vote to present and made him even more angry with me. And I said, Kevin, you cannot do it to the people. Let's reconcile differences because you will have to work with these members. You will have to entice majority, find common ground. When you're going to intimidate and coerce people in voting for you, they will get rid of you. That's what happened to Kevin. When Stephen didn't have the vote, I said, please don't drag us through mud and make it look like fools if you don't have the vote. He did. I think Jim was pretty close, and a lot of people respect a lot of things. And, you know, and I think he would be a good speaker. But I said, Jim, I asked him several times, I said, before you put it on the floor where people will be attacked, you cannot even imagine the amount of hate messages and everything anyone who didn't vote for Jim Cotton because people are stressed out. I get it. But let's reconcile differences as a group, you know, and figure out how we can find common ground. And he listened to Kevin McCarthy, who forced us to leave Friday night and told us, announced that he's going to have, Jim is going to be a speaker and it's going to be on the floor. I was disappointed. I'll be honest with you. So, so when you talk about the idea of work out our differences, Walk us through it, Congresswoman. What are the differences right now behind closed doors? Well, I think, you know, listen, you know, we have a very diverse, you know, conference. We have people in Trump plus 30 district, and we have people Biden plus 10 districts. And you have to be able to win all of the seats or even more to hold the majority. So 
I think it's important for us to be able to understand perspective from members from a different district because without them, we're also not the majority. You know, so as much as we need conservative, we also need some moderates who will be able to keep us into majority and hear what they have to say. We cannot just force some legislation on them just for messaging. You know, I mean, I understand a lot of people will take tough votes here, you know, if it goes become a law. But if some people put legislation that just, you know, going to be for messaging but hurts other members and Democrats, as you know, 2020 race, we had a $22 million race, and you've seen the amounts of ads I experienced. So I understand that a little bit more than some other members in Plus 30 district, that you have to win and you have to be smart. It's not just a show in politics. And I think that's important. And also find the common ground how we can deliver some issues and, and win against other sides. But have this conversation, have a more adult conversation, which is out of his respect, because we have to work together. And if one side becomes too stubborn, another side will get very upset. And when people get attacked from, I mean, pretty much, you know, all over the country with terrible, terrible people, you know, so I think people will start digging in. Conservatives were very upset last time what Kevin did. Now we have some moderates that get in very upset. And then, you know, I think we still will have to go to the conference, but I think it will be even hard enough for Jim to convince these people after you have a national negative attack campaign, and maybe it wasn't him, but, you know, a lot of his supporters, to convince them that now they should get over and still vote for Jim. I think it will be harder for him now. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of the Indiana 5th District about the speaker vote. The moderates, the conservatives, whether McCarthy should have been voted out or not, you're going to the floor and people are voting for John Boehner. John Boehner, the former speaker, got a vote uh, for, for Speaker of the House. Do you guys view this as an embarrassment? And if you do or you don't, but let's say you do, why is there no ability to have this conversation before you go to the floor? Let's start with the, the, the first part. Do you feel that this is embarrassing? Well, I think it's foolish and embarrassing. That's why I didn't want us to go to the floor until we have someone with 217 or whatever we need that particular day. And it is 217 as of right now. But I think that's why we look foolish. And I think it also opens up a lot of members, our Republican members, to attacks because people don't understand the whole, you know, crazy world of politics in Washington, D.C., unfortunately. You know, and I think we have to be able to talk to each other and respect each other and our differences if we want to be able to succeed as a group. Then what are, I, I don't mean to interrupt, Yeah. what are the differences? Break it down for us. Well, right now, with Jim put himself in a difficult situation, because if you think about what right now, you know, we had, you know, some people that pretty much, you know, stopped Scalise from going to the floor from both sides, from McCarthy's side, and then some people from, uh, from the side uh, of uh, Freedom Caucus members that didn't like some things about Scalise. And I was not a Scalise supporter. I actually supported Jim Jordan in conference, you know, but I need to be fair and call him to the same level. You know, but, you know, these people, you know, were very upset because they were told that it was, I mean, Steve was the highest vote getter at that time, and it was sabotage. So now they have some bad blood. Putting them on the floor and make them look embarrassed and have a national, nationwide attack on them, do you think it's productive? 
or trying to have this conversation and conference. And if Jim couldn't do it on his own, he spent the whole weekend trying to work out some, you know, kind of agreement with these members. He wasn't. Then I think we should do it as a group and have them stand it up. You talked, talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of the Indiana 5th District about the race for speaker. You talk about a national attack that embarrassed people. Who was attacked? What was the embarrassment? Well, listen, I mean, I got myself just because I was going to vote present as a protest vote, but unfortunately it was getting too close, you know, so they asked me not to vote present. They ran to me, so I had to last second vote for someone. Actually, it would be great speaker, too, Thomas Massey. But he got a lot of actually hate calls to his office, too, thinking that he voted for himself, you know. But, I mean, listen, I, I understand frustration, so I don't take things personally. But, you know, if you would read phone calls and messages from people telling that, you know, that you should go back to Ukraine and all these things. And unfortunately for them, <laughs> I'm going to be fighting for our country, so not that luck for them. But uh, but I'm just saying, and you've been like pretty much attacked by thousands of calls from all over and getting through social media and, and TV and everywhere dragging you through mud. You know, a lot of these members are very, very upset. I'll be honest with you. I'm a person of issues, and I do not look at such a things, and I don't really take these attacks personally, and I will stand the ground regardless you know, of, of these issues, and I will communicate to my people, and they can decide if I represent them or not. But a lot of members are very, very upset right now. I got to, you know, if, if it was you and me have, having a drink on the bar stool, I would look at you, Congresswoman, and say, are you telling me that members are upset that their constituents called and said, vote for Jim Jordan? Because that's what it sounds like. It's a national-wide smear attack. You know, you have, like, I mean, I had... You know, some constituents called, you know, that was organized. Listen, I've been a grassroots organizer. I was a Tea Party organizer. I came from grassroots. So I understand how stuff works. Work. But we have a national campaign with a lot of, listen, frustrated conservatives. They're like me. I get it. I actually not upset with them because they're frustrated with the Republican Party. So I don't hold it personal. But a lot of people will. But we had, I have thousands of calls from all over the country with intimidating messages and very, I mean, people, you know, listen, we can be upset and I don't take it personal, but what people are really willing to say anymore and being aggressive, it's probably not a good idea, but we've been very divided country and unfortunately the bases are very hot and very upset right now. So I think we need to kind of calm down a little bit the people, but I think we also need to deliver as Republicans. So I hope we'll come out better of it. But I just don't know if Jim took the right approach. He listens to Kevin McCarthy more than to some other people. And I think he shouldn't. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of the Indiana 5th District, we've had two votes. Jim Jordan gets less votes this time than he did the day before. We'll have another vote tomorrow. We're hearing that Patrick McHenry might be put up as a possible nominee. You tell us. Can Jim Jordan get the moderates on board? Or does Jim Jordan have to pull a Steve Scalise and step aside and it's either going to be Patrick McHenry or some level of consensus amongst Republicans or is there somebody else waiting in the wings? Well, I think there are probably a lot of people are waiting. You know, I'll be honest with you. I think Jim still would be a good guy, you know, to govern this conference. And I think he, if he can adjust, and learn what he's done and maybe try to figure out, you know, how he can work out these differences. I just truly believe it will take not just him at this point to help him out because I think this is, there are a lot of upset people right now. 
I'll do my best, but ultimately, you know, I truly believe he approached it not the way how he should have. I think he would be a good speaker. I think he understood a lot of things, even in the last week, which is important for conference. But now, I'm not sure. As I thought, Kevin McCarthy, I gave you another chance, you know, not, and I didn't vote to vacate you. Even I supported to move that rule that I fight, fought for. But some other people felt like they didn't want to give him a chance. So it was too late for Kevin. I hope it's not too late, too, late, too late for Jim because I truly believe he's a good American with good values and with good support. He would be a good speaker to deliver, but that's definitely not up to me at this point. Is there talk of somebody else? Because the fact that he might be good doesn't mean that if, you, if you're telling us that moderates feel that because their constituents called and left some nasty messages, which I don't necessarily agree with, but if they called and said, do this, vote for this person, do this, that they're turned off by Jordan, who knows if they're coming back? Ken Buck is not coming back. Congresswoman Sparts, that man is not voting for Jim Jordan. It's never, ever going. It's trying. It's like trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. So who out there, in your view, could be a compromise candidate for the Republican conference to walk into the House and get 217 votes? Well, I think, you know, then if, if that goes to that and Jim realizes that it cannot happen, I think you still need to try. I truly believe he still needs to do it. Then, you know, we should see. We have other people express an interest. We had Mike Johnson, you know, have Kevin Horn express an interest. I mean, they're definitely not as polarizing and haven't been into too many fights in the last few weeks, which caused a lot of grudges. So, you know, they can try to make their case. I mean, I actually, what Tom Cole said today on, you know, on the floor, I loved it. He actually was honest and truthful. That actually made me to vote for Jim Jordan. I couldn't vote for another Rules Committee members and, you know, lost all support in Rules Committee. You know, but what he started was so fresh and so true. And I really was impressed, you know. So I think there are other people will try to make the case, you know, if they can do that. But it has to be resolved in conference. And I insist again, and until we get to 17, we should not go and embarrass ourselves on the floor and also stress out the American people. I mean, American people and Republicans still going to survive in spite of us because this place haven't been governed for a long time. But we need to do better. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, that, you, that you do me a favor, and we'll keep, of course, on this. But I did send you a tweet about this. If all is lost, and Jordan's going to lose on, on the third one, and you did not vote for him the first time around. You waited for your name to be called a second time before you placed your vote for Jordan. If you would, if Jordan's going to go down, and he's not going to get the votes because Buck and the rest are, are, are refusing, could you do me a favor and just nominate my mother, Diane Katz? Could you just handle that for me? That'd be great. Hey, I'm going to have to do 20 you. You can do that. We have over 200 million Americans that'd be eligible and I think a lot of them would actually do a great job because they have much more common sense than people in Washington DC if you want to nominate me I accept but but my mother Diane Katz just remember the name Diane Katz sounds good Thank if I you. get to it, Tony, thank you so much for having me. You, you know, it's madness, right? You know, America looks at this or your people look at this and say, this is the craziest thing they ever saw at this stage. It's nuts. Well, I think, you know, and that's why I said these things have to be resolved in conference, not on the floor. We haven't for over 100 years. We were able to resolve it in conference. And it's much tougher now. But I think also still, you know, unfortunately, this place only governed by crises. So hopefully this crisis will be another opportunity for us to get better. Congresswoman Victoria Sparts of the Indiana 5th District, I appreciate you taking the time. We'll check in with you in the next couple of days. This is Tony Katz today.
Guys, I read your comments on X. At Tony Katz on Twitter X. I'm with you. I mean, I I questioned Congresswoman Sparks about it point blank, and I appreciate her calling in. I mean, I texted a bunch of people. I, I appreciate everyone um, who got back to be congressman. Uh, uh, Greg Pence is going to be on my morning show tomorrow. I'll share it uh, here. But Congresswoman Sparks just said that the reason that Jordan doesn't have 217 is because there are some members of the conference who are upset because they've gotten a lot of nasty calls pushing for Jim Jordan. I'm, I don't know what to do with that information. Your constituent calls, and she's not saying this happened to her, although she's, she's gotten her fair share of maybe nasty messages. I'm not saying I favor nasty messages. They called and said, vote for Jim Jordan. And that's, I'm sorry, is, is that supposed to be like insulting or problematic? They're the constituents. They're supposed to let their elected representative know how they're feeling and what they think should happen. If that's why, remember, she voted for Jordan. But if that's why other members aren't voting for Jordan, well, well, that's a whole other story. Like, that's a reason to vote people out. That's what's going to get said. You're angry with the constituents for voicing their opinion on who you, their elected officials, should vote for for speaker? Oh. Oh, that dog won't hunt. No, 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 no. Oh, we're going to be breaking that down. People are going to be talking about this conversation. That's... Oh, this Republican Party. I'm Tony Katz.